A Peoria-based nonprofit that is laser-focused on overdose prevention is expanding to McLean County. And so it's hard to build trust. That takes some time, and we're just trying to get out there and build relationships with people. You'll hear from Jolt Harm Reduction Program Director Chris Schaffner next on WGLT Sound Ideas. Good afternoon. I'm John Norton. Also, Normal Mayor Chris Coos is in studio. He'll talk about the town council's approval of two more cannabis dispensaries and what is next for efforts to bring a grocery store closer to ISU. It's going to need some help for it to function, whether we help, whether ISU helps, whether we both help. Plus, the chair of the airport authority talks about its proposed expansion of its tax base beyond Bloomington Normal city limits. Those stories follow a Bloomington Normal News update, which is just ahead. This is WGLT Sound Ideas on 89.1 FM and WGLT.org, part of the NPR network. Support for WGLT comes from Bloomington Normal Audiology. May is Better Hearing and Speech Month, and it's a time for raising awareness about communication disorders and their solutions. The hurdles and uncertainty of the past several years have focused more attention on the importance of hearing health care. And so the month of May offers a chance to build strong foundations through better hearing. More info at bnaudiology.com. From the campus of Illinois State University in Normal, this is WGLT's news magazine, Sound Ideas. I'm John Norton. A bill to extend the tax base for the Central Illinois Regional Airport continues to advance in the General Assembly. It's passed the Senate and has already cleared passage in a House committee. The measure would replace the existing airport charter with state law that already covers other airport authorities in the state. Alan Sender is the head of the airport board. He says taxes would go down for Bloomington Normal residents and rural residents of McLean County would start paying taxes to the airport. Rural residents make up only a small percentage of the passengers who move through the airport each year. In this interview with WGLT's Charlie Schlinker, Sender addresses the question, why rural residents should help pay for a service most do not directly use. You have the importance of uh, the airport as a uh, economic generator for the entire area, uh, for Bloomington Normal, for rural McLean County, and for the counties around us. Uh, businesses will tell you this, unions will tell you this, uh, everyone who does business in McLean County. When you look at our numbers, fewer than half of the people who board airplanes at the Central Illinois Regional Airport wind up uh, coming from Bloomington, Normal, or McLean County. Part of the argument is the switch in tax base would let the airport respond to significant development opportunities in the future. There's been talk about an industrial park on airport land or, or partly on it. Is that what you're talking about? Really, there are two uh, ultimate rationale for it. Number one is to provide the airport with some financial stability in light of the uncertainty of federal funding. And that has never been made more clear than 10 years ago when the during uh, the federal budget mess that occurred at that point called sequestration, uh, all of the contract towers, such as the one at CIRA, were going to be closed. That same threat exists today, and it exists in the legislation that was just passed by the United States House on a very narrow margin to deal with the debt limit. Uh, that legislation would again close all of the contract towers in the United States, so including ours. Ten years ago, that would have been $800,000 for tower expenses that the airport would have had to find a way to pay for. What is that number today? Probably close to a million. Okay. The 
airport raises about $1.1 million with its corporate tax rate, which is $0.04. Cents. So if the tax rate declines by $0.05 cents and that cut becomes true, you would have to raise it by $0.04, cents, so almost eliminating the gain for Bloomington normal taxpayers. Yes, we would need additional revenue to keep the control tower open. Once the control tower closed, we would probably, almost certainly, lose all of the air service from the major carriers, the four major carriers that we have now, Delta, American, Frontier, and Allegiant. We would lose the, uh, the impact and, and the utilization by FedEx, which is, incidentally, the largest employer at the Central Illinois Regional Airport. So I'm not going to speculate on what will happen in the future if there is a dramatic opportunity to expand the airport or whether, as you mentioned before, uh, an industrial park, a rail airport, multimodal industrial park, what the rates would go to, completely subject to a guess. Is there any potential economic development project that is part of the thinking of this, any specific one? We have 700 acres that are developable at the airport. That's a lot of space. And we are a very attractive location uh, right along Route 9. We're a very attractive location on the south end of the airport because of the rail service that comes through, rail service that incidentally runs right to the Rivian plant. So there's nothing specific on the table at this point, but we are always on the lookout for opportunities for the Central Illinois Regional Airport. This is Sound Ideas. I'm Charlie Schlenker. We're talking with Alan Sender, the head of the Bloomington Normal Airport Authority or the Central Illinois Regional Airport Board, if you prefer. Is the threat of FAA funding cuts a real one, given the fact that President Biden has said that that bill passed by the House isn't really going anywhere? That's speculative. Mm-hmm. Probably isn't. But the fact is, and it's indisputable, that the issue's on the table. Before the County Board Executive Committee, you said that the incorporating charter for the Bloomington Normal Airport Authority is 60 years old, outdated, but the community has this modern, flourishing airport. What makes the charter outdated since Airport Director Carl Olson has said things are going pretty well? Things are going pretty well. Nonetheless, that charter is really, for us, an accident of history, and it's not applicable to today's environment, which is why, a number of years ago, the airports in three other communities, including Peoria, uh, decided to expand their region to their full county. And that was not only Peoria, but DuPage County, and also a very small rural county on the Illinois-Indiana border. That is the model, that is the precedent that we're following here. Here's another nitty-gritty tax rate question. Under the current governing documents for the airport, the maximum corporate tax rate is $0.04. Under state law governing airport authorities, the maximum rate is $0.7.5. So is it correct that the law change would effectively increase the airport's taxing authority in addition to revenue from what you hope will be a lower rate? Yes, absolutely. Just like any other... A government agency, we would be able to increase our, our, 
the receipt of taxes uh, and, and could, as Peoria has done, as Rockford has done, as, uh, as Springfield has done, go to seven and a half cents. However, our intent is for our rate to go down from four cents to 2.7 cents. You'd also decrease the rate that is used to figure the levy to support the bonds and interest to pay for the current terminal. The bonding authority that airport authorities have is based on a percentage of the total property value in their, in their boundaries. Bloomington Normal is about $2 billion. The county as a whole has about $4 billion, a little north of those, both numbers. So you'd effectively be doubling your bonding authority for any future capital project. We certainly we, we could. However, we're also in a position where I believe by 2029, we're looking at being uh, debt-free. We do not use bonding authority on an extraordinary basis or an unusual basis by any stretch. We're very cautious about it. So I don't see any likelihood of anything like that happening. We are not in a financial crisis. We are, in fact, extremely well managed. The airport's finances are quite strong. What we're doing here is exactly the kind of planful, thoughtful look-aheads to avoid any kinds of crisis in the future or to be able to handle them should they arise. So under the current plans, then, Bloomington Normal taxpayers and, if this bill passes, rural McLean County taxpayers could expect a reduction in their tax rate once those bonds are paid off in 2029. 2029's a long way away, but certainly that is right now, as our board sits here, we have a goal of being debt-free. And there are no uh, plans on the horizon or contemplated for uh, large-scale facilities needs that would require bonding in your planning? Not, none that we know of at this point. Uh, should opportunities arise, we will deal with them just as we always have. This next question is is an opportunity for you to address an objection from opponents of of this bill. Um, The McLean County Farm Bureau, for instance, and others suggest it's an issue of taxation without representation, that if you're going to increase taxes for rural residents and if Bloomington normal voters are going to have a taxing authority increase, even if you don't plan to use it right away or at all, uh, that that should be decided by voters in a referendum. What's what's the response to that? There's precedent for doing exactly as we're doing in Peoria, Crawford, and DuPage counties. This is the uh, table that was set for airports to deal with this issue. That is Alan Sender, head of the Bloomington Normal Airport Authority Board. Sender notes the airport authority is one of the smallest taxing bodies in the area. He spoke with WGLT's Charlie Schlenker. This is Sound Ideas on WGLT. The town of Normal is now up to three cannabis dispensaries, but the town council will decide next month whether to change the rules for any more than that. On Monday night, the council approved two new outlets, one from High Haven in the Mandarin Garden Restaurant building in the shops of College Hills. The other from Revolution will be on Rab Road. 
In this interview with WGLT's Charlie Slinker, Mayor Chris Coos talks about why High Haven was rejected one month and approved the next and how it illustrates the policies at stake. Uh, they came back with a more robust plan for parking and how to deal with some of the uh, traffic issues that people were concerned about in terms of how people enter the property and exit the property. So we, I felt anyway that um, they had, in good faith, tried to address some issues. And so that's why I voted for it. If the cannabis dispensary siting rules deserve a new look, as, as multiple members of the council have said, I believe you've signed on to that notion as well, that there should be a discussion. Uh, why not put off those two applicants uh, until that new policy can be considered and enacted? If you're considering having the discussion next month anyway, it's not that much of a, a lag. It really isn't, but because of, and I, I can't tell you exactly what they are, but uh, the state had milestone guidelines on those licenses, and if you didn't meet those guidelines, you lose the license. The applicants were kind of under the gun to get it done. Also, they had a location that they wanted, and they were working with the owner of that location. Had there been another delay, that might have, might have gotten in the way of that. So I'm, I was fine with them bringing it back. Now, I think the things that we have to look at going forward with this is, one, do we want to cap the number of uh, dispensaries in, in the town of Normal? And two, uh, there needs to be a refining of the language in the special use permit because it came with some unintended consequences in terms of describing when an applicant can come back. Uh, legal staff was of the opinion that they were fine, but I think the language needs to be a little tighter and legal staff agrees with that. What else needs to be uh, looked at in, in that language? Are the, the rules on where they can go? Some people have suggested that the rules are too lax. My sense of it is um, the understory of that is there are people that just don't want cannabis in our community. They acknowledge it's legal in the community, but uh, really don't want it in our community. And we had an opportunity to do that when we passed our original ordinance, uh, but uh, that ship has sailed in Canada. Cannabis is legal in, in town of Normal and the city of Bloomington. A survey of Illinois State University students showed recently that 97% of those who answered the questions desire a grocery in Uptown. Is that, uh, is that a significant finding in your view? I think it is. I mean, it, it's certainly not anything to be neglected. You know, the, the question is always is, yes, I want it. The more important question is, how do we identify if you'll actually use it? Because... You know, it's easy to say, sure, it'd be great to have a grocery, um, but the marketing data that you need to do to find out if they would really use it is, is another step. And I'm, I've been encouraging with the group, I've met with them multiple times to talk to them about a grocery. And I think it's unfair to say a grocery in Uptown. I think a grocery in close proximity to the university is a better way to state that because there are other locations around the university that could be viable for for an effort like that. I also think that, you know, partnering with uh, administration at Illinois State University is going to be important to this. It's going to need some help for it to function, whether we help, whether ISU helps, whether we both help make that move forward. Uh, it's going to take that kind of effort. What kind of help? Oh, I'm sure maybe some subsidies, uh, uh, rent subsidies, things like that. Uh, you know, we some of the kind of uh, 
envisioning discussions that we'd had with the, the student group that was working on that is, does it run like an incubator or a lab? Is it a test module for, for business students, for finance students, whatever? Um, it may, it's probably going to take something like that, some kind of subsidy like that or involvement from the university and the town or both to really make it viable. So the access group that of ISU students has said that they have your full support. What I'm hearing from you is not necessarily full support, but a wait and see for more marketing, oh, no. No. More, more study, and, and uh, a firm proposal. Uh, no, that's not true at all. They do have my full support in moving it forward. Is it ready to pull the trigger tomorrow? No. You're right. There is, there is more investigation, and I think that they understand that. Uh, they've done a lot of work on that, and they, they understand the, uh, the difficulty of, of getting this to fruition. And I'm definitely willing to work with them going forward on this. That's Chris Coos, the mayor of Normal. He spoke with WGLT's Charlie Schlenker. Sound Ideas is WGLT's news magazine. I'm John Norton. A Peoria-based nonprofit aimed at overdose prevention is expanding its services to McLean County, where we saw 25 drug-related deaths last year. This spring, Jolt Harm Reduction began offering mobile-based delivery programs on Mondays and Fridays in McLean County. In this interview with WGLT's Ryan Denham, Jolt Program Director Chris Schaffner says they already have clients here, but the distance between here and Peoria was a barrier. That made it a natural fit for a grant-funded expansion. And as the overdose crisis continues to escalate around the country, McLean County hasn't been immune to that. And we just felt like we were in a kind of post-pandemic. Uh, we're in a better place now where we can uh, increase our outreach. And McLean County made sense with Bloomington Normal and then the surrounding rural communities. We, we felt like not only was there a need, but they would be able to, it'd be the easiest way for us to start to expand uh, into a, a community where we already had an established uh, client base. As part of a, a grant, federal funding came through. Uh, through the CDC, we were able to expand our program, and I've hired a dedicated staff specifically to serve McLean County. Uh, she's a registered nurse here locally, and she works part-time for me on Mondays and Fridays uh, doing outreach to people uh, who are at risk for overdose, who struggle with substance use, uh, people who are involved in sex industry, um, people who are experiencing homelessness, um, and just trying to link them to resources to mitigate any potential harms they might face and then get them connected to other supportive services in the area that is needed. So Jolt Harm Reduction has been around a, about a decade. You guys were founded by a couple that lost their son to an accidental heroin overdose. Tell me about the uh, the overdose reversal drug distribution work that you guys do, and what are your other core services? We were able to start putting naloxone into the hands of people who are at greatest risk of overdose, and we immediately began to see the benefit of that as that lives were being saved. And that was kind of going against the grain from what we were seeing nationally. You know, in 2022, the CDC announced that we had broken 100,000 fatal overdoses in a 12-month cycle for the first time. Um and yet locally, we continue to see our numbers decrease in areas where we're working in. The thing that we're most known for is, is just overdose prevention. And I'm bragging on my team. They do really incredible work and they literally save lives, hundreds and hundreds of lives 
every year. Um, and to put that in a context, that's empty chairs around holiday dinners. It's anniversaries that would be uh, painful for folks. We're able to prevent all of that from occurring. Beyond that, though, uh, we're able to link people to support. So we think about their health. Uh, we do HIV testing, hepatitis C testing, chlamydia gonorrhea testing. We do drug checking so that we can stay on top of what uh, the current trends of the street drugs are. Uh, we were able to identify fentanyl when it first hit the scene. Uh, we were one of the first uh, and early identifiers of xylazine, which is uh, a, a newer uh, substance that we're finding in a lot of the street drugs. Uh, and so through our drug checking services, we're able to get a real idea of what's on the streets at any given minute. And we're looking to expand that even more. We also link people to treatment. Uh, so uh, if and when people are ready to make some behavioral change and uh, they're unable to do that themselves, we're able to link them to treatment and provide recovery support. Uh, in the past uh, six months, we've started our peer recovery navigation program, and we host two support groups that are run by people with lived experience. Um, and then the other thing we do, too, is we do street-based outreach. So we look at people who are at the highest risk of contracting HIV and hepatitis C and at highest risk for overdose. We provide them with uh, safe and sterile uh, using supplies like syringes. Um, that's a proven strategy to, to reduce the spread of HIV and hepatitis C among those populations that, that might share syringes. What are you going to be your initial focus points in McLean County? Is it just that like outreach type work that you're starting with? So, yeah, we're starting. We don't have an office base in McLean County. And we learned lessons here that it's better to start small and do that really well um, so that you can plan and scale for growth. We were kind of overwhelmed initially at how much of a demand for services we would see. And so we're starting only with mobile-based delivery programs. We're in McLean County every Monday and Friday from uh, 12 to 4. And the goal there is just to build rapport with, with people who need our services. What is your sense of how the needs in McLean County are different from the needs that you've seen emerge in Peoria? Sure. So I honestly can't tell you right now because we're still evaluating that as we just, we have a presence of less than a month in that space. Uh, and so we're still trying to determine the needs. I think there's a lot of similarities. We see a very unregulated, uh, unpredictable drug supply over there that causes some very unique needs. We're still seeing over there through our, our limited, but our initial drug checking services, uh, a methamphetamine supply that is contaminated with other substances as well. We don't see a lot of heroin over there. We see mostly fentanyl. So we're just we're just we're trying to figure that out. That's kind of the initial purpose of this first phase of our outreach uh, in McLean County is really just assessing the needs. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. If there's service providers over there already that are that are working in certain spaces that we don't need to do that, uh, then we can continue just to stay in our lane and do what we do best, uh, which is save lives and link people to resources. That's Chris Schaffner, Program Director at Jolt Harm Reduction, speaking with WGLT's Ryan Denham. And that's Sound Ideas today. WGLT's news magazine made possible in part by Bloomington Normal Audiology. I'm John Norton. This is 89.1 WGLT and WGLT.org, part of the NPR Network. 